one of the things, Pam, I'm hearing is that not everyone is taking this seriously and doing what they need to do to protect themselves and others. I mean, we've seen pictures of that. Why? Why don't people just do what they need to do? Chris, there is something called the intention behavior gap, which means that 50% of the time we don't do the right thing, even though we know it is the right thing to do. Now, this is a pretty dangerous thing today when you think about the virus and the risks. So we have to increase the likelihood that more of us do the right thing. Sometimes it's useful to use a prompt that failing to do it will hurt someone you love or doing the right thing will produce a clear benefit to somebody that you care about, something that will help them. But whatever we do, we have to increase that percentage dramatically today. Is the intention behavior gap, you know, which you say is about 50% of the time, is it greater among children? Does that run greater among children than it does with adults? Is it harder to encourage children to make sure to do the things they're supposed to do? Or it doesn't matter, adult and or child, um, that intention behavior gap is pretty consistent. I think it's reasonable to conclude that you have to understand something about cause and effect to even understand the meaning of the intention behavior gap and mm -hmm. to address it. So with very young children, some of the prompts might not be as useful. But this gap exists in adults and it exists in young people. Are there any tips that you can give parents? I know it's one of the things I'm struggling with is the balance. How do I, how do I give the instruction to my kids? How does anyone do this? That this really is something that you need to do without crossing the line and you know, in, inducing panic might be strong, but, but making them more anxious than they should be. I, I want to, my goal, of course, all of our goal is to generate positive behavior without increasing any type of anxiety. Any tips on, on how parents might do that? One of the things that I often think about is that kids are wiser and smarter than we often give them credit for being. And we're often telling them what to do. Very often, if you explain the facts to a young person and you ask their advice mm. on how to handle this, you let them tell you what is difficult in taking this advice or doing this, very often what you'll arrive at is something that is genuinely helpful to them in being able to do the right thing. I think that just telling kids to do something, for some kids, maybe that works. But very often with young people, what you need to do is engage them in understanding why you're telling them what you're telling them, what its purpose is, and even getting their advice on what to do. So t tell me what that would sound like. So if you were talking right now to the seven-year-old Chris or the 10-year-old Chris, um, what would that sound like? If I were talking to the seven-year-old Chris, I would start with, here's what we're all going to do in the family now. This is a change. I would explain the basic facts of what's going on, not to alarm them, but just to liken it to when 
somebody in the family has a cold or a flu Mm. and the kinds of precautions that we take. So I would try to normalize it. I wouldn't try to say that somehow or other this is a plague that is affecting us and that's why we have to do these things. These things are good things to do all the time. I would see if they have any questions. Mm. I would model it for them. I would prompt them because very often seven-year-olds um, are going to forget. So, so just assume that this is going to take prompting. There could be incentives for mm. hand washing. You could put um, an hourglass that is timed to 20 seconds in a bathroom and have the kids use it as a way of guiding hand washing. So I I think with the seven-year-old, you really want to lay out the expectation, model it, and then know that you're going to have to prompt a child ongoing if they're in that age group. The 10-year-old, the teenager, is very different Hmm. because teenagers have will and intention and agency. So I think they need more facts about what's really going on and and what the pot- potential risks and consequences are to them. And then I think with 10-year-olds and teenagers, you have to ask their advice in how best to manage this. And if they have siblings, little siblings, engage them in helping a younger sibling to do the right thing. But I think this is a moment where a family has to come together and band together as a unit in order to be able to do things that are healthy and keep everybody safe. And, and they need to, it would be a good thing for them to feel a sense of responsibility to one another. Mm. That can't be bad for kids. And if I'm a parent who is nervous or anxious because I watch the news, I read the papers, I see what's coming across social feed and, and I'm nervous. And all of a sudden I realize that my kid, maybe, you know, maybe this is the seven-year-old kid or the five-year-old kid, um, didn't wash his hands, didn't wash her hands, forgot to do it, didn't do it today. Um, I fully assume that my reaction is supposed to not be to get angry. Not only wouldn't I do that because all your anger will inspire is hurt and a sense of failure that they've let you down, they've disappointed you, mm. or um, they're going to want to retaliate against you and prove that you're wrong. Mm. So, so there's no point in the anger. What you have to be is patiently persistent so that they know that this isn't going away anytime soon, that this is a new normal for the family, that we've all got to do it, and they have to get with the program. And I think the, the patient persistence yeah. and enlisting them in helping others and in understanding that others are being more impacted even than them, I think all of those things are opportunities for kids to feel a sense of responsibility to someone other than themselves, to care about others, not just themselves, and to figure out how to be participants in solving something, either with their peers or within the family unit. Incredibly helpful. And what a great phrase, patiently persistent. Um, That would seem to be guidance that uh, could apply to 
all kinds of parenting, but certainly uh, right now. 